This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome to another edition of the Husker Online Show. It's been a busy week here for the Husker Online team. We've been on the road all over the state of Nebraska checking in on uh, several different high school recruits and the basketball team continues to roll, but there continues to be topics about what's coming up here for this spring. And uh, guys, I want to start off the show, Robin Washett and Nate Klaus, with the thought and even the discussion at this point. Mark Bain confirmed kind of what we were hearing even to an extent that Nebraska is literally considering adding a second spring game. There's talks in discussions going on with the athletic department. Nebraska sold out their spring game in just over 24 hours uh, a week ago when tickets went on sale Tuesday and Wednesday of the 6th and 7th of February. And tickets sold so quick, um, a lot of fans that wanted to go, uh, people with young kids were upset they couldn't get tickets. And uh, the athletic department was flooded with complaints um, about the inability to get tickets. And uh, they're, they're talking right now about potentially adding a second spring game. What do you think, Robin? I'm kind of torn about it. Um, obviously, I think it's a cool, unique thing um, to have two spring games. No program has probably ever done anything like this before. And so just the, um, I guess, forward thinking and willingness to kind of change up the entire format of your spring um, kind of says a lot about the, the new wave Scott Frost is bringing here. But on the other side of that, you got to wonder, does that water down the concept of the spring game? Uh, I mean, that was, I mean, the reason that sold so quickly and was in such high demand because that was going to be the first public uh, debut of Scott Frost's football team at Nebraska. And so now if you're going to jump ahead a week earlier and do the exact same thing, you know, I'm sure there's going to be people that probably played a, paid a pretty hefty price tag to get to that last spring game that are going to be sitting there like, oh, well, I don't even get to see the debut now. I get to see the second debut. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Robin. I I think that um, you know there is a little bit of a novelty behind it because it's never been done before. Uh, you could probably have a you know little asterisk next to you know some <laughs> sort of record that you know it right. sold. Nebraska sold 140,000 tickets, or you know I don't know how many uh, that you would expect them to end up selling, but. Um, but and, and but at the same time, yeah, I think you might water down the product a little bit. There's probably there's you are making some people happy by giving them mm-hmm. another opportunity to be able to purchase spring game tickets. But at the same time, you're probably going to make some people mad that uh, that felt like they were getting the first crack at being able to see Scott Frost's debut and, and whatnot from a recruiting standpoint. I think it would be it would be good. I, I feel mm-hmm. like that would give another opportunity for players to get on campus because the spring is always busy. There's there's track meets, there's prom, there's ACT <laughs> testing dates. I mean, there's all sorts of things every weekend in the spring, and, and a lot of times that creates a conflict for for prospects to travel. And anytime you're able to add you know another date or another event to the schedule and and get guys uh, another opportunity to get on campus, I, that's always a good thing from a recruiting standpoint. Well. Going from the team side of things, too, and Sean, maybe you can speak a little bit more to this, but that third Saturday of spring was always a really big deal. I know from 
the coaching staff's evaluation. Like that was kind of their spring game, and the actual spring game is more just kind of a dog and pony show for the fans, just a marketing display. Yeah, and so I, you got to wonder if you eliminate that, does that hurt the coaching staff? You know, taking over a new team, um, does that maybe hinder the amount of opportunities they have to put these guys in a real intense, you know, I guess. Not a game-like situation um, to, to really kind of dissect what they have to work with going into the summer. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan and Robin Washout. We discuss the possibility of two spring games. And, guys, I'll play devil's advocate here. I, I think it's a great idea because just the attention it would bring Nebraska football, you would – everybody across the country, would they would dominate the spring headlines. They You know, you, you could potentially have 160 to 170,000 fans or more – watch Nebraska spring football games because let me tell you if they sell it and do it like they did they're gonna they're going to get at least 50 to 60 thousand people and a lot of repeat people that want to go to both games and from a media perspective selfishly I would love it because you could talk about who did good in the first spring game and and now who needs to have a bigger second spring game it would would make the storylines more engaging Um, I know though the coaches clinic for Nebraska, where they bring the high school coaches, is the weekend of the April 14th. Um, and so ideally, that would probably be when you would do it. I can't imagine the April 7th weekend, uh, but maybe you do an April 7th and an April 21st um, deal. Maybe you have the first one just be an open practice and you let people in and it's not so formalized with public address and marketing and sponsors. And then the second one is obviously the, the big one with um, all the bells and the whistles. But it's an interesting discussion. There's no question Nebraska would get a lot of people there. I think it would get a lot of discussion on the national stage. Yeah, I think maybe I, now I'm kind of warming up to that idea of just having it be an open practice, yeah. not a formal spring game to where you're dividing <clears throat> up teams and playing a game and keeping score. Um, but I kind of just do like a, you know, similar to what they did with the Friday night light setup, just open it up, um, have some music playing and have them practice and let, let the fans just come in and get a taste of what this, what the spring game might, uh, hold in the, the week later. Yeah. I, I kind of, I lean towards that and, and instead of selling tickets, make it like a food drive or something yeah, like that exactly. where, you know, even though it'd be uh, quite the lucrative deal, for put the, the money toward the uh, university budget deficit yeah. right now. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe they can bring back the UNK baseball team with another spring game <laughs> yeah, no kidding so i mean yeah i think there's there's ways you could get creative around it without making without completely watering down the actual event of the you know the spring game that we've come to know you're listening here to the oscar line show as we discuss uh kind of the opening storylines and segments uh, storylines here uh, in our opening segment nate i wanted to bring this up as well nebraska is going to add another piece to their personnel <laughs> department bob welton um, who's been at Tennessee, uh, NFL background, and, and this is just not a behind-the-scenes guy. I mean, he was the guy at Tennessee. He was kind of a cross of a Ryan Gunderson and an Annie Vaughn. He had operational uh, powers at Tennessee as well as uh, personnel decision-making, and he'll be coming in as only the second outside hire on the staff right now that we know of along with Matt Davison. And it's an interesting move um, to know if it's going to be an added role or if he's kind of just taking James Rogers' position and then they're just going to upgrade it into even a bigger role. Yeah, it is. It's an interesting move. I mean, um, and and I'm still trying to figure out exactly what the connection is, but from what we understand, um, 
this is a, a deal where Bob Welton has has known Scott Frost and has wanted to to work with him uh, before. And and you know, with the change of Frost coming to Nebraska and and um, Jeremy Pruitt um, and Tennessee going through a bit of a change, this was a good opportunity for him to come on board. And and uh, you know, the, Frost and his staff have made no bones about it. They want to recruit the South. And they want to make that a priority. Um, and and Bob Welton has a, a wealth of connections there, having been at Tennessee for the last five years. He has been the point man for a couple top five uh, recruiting classes. Uh, four of the f- five recruiting classes that he was a, the point man for um, all landed inside the top 15. So they've recruited at a very high level in the SEC and with the main focus of their, um, you know, recruiting area being in the southeast, so um, yeah, I have a hard time believing that he would just be replacing James James Rogers' uh, position in the personnel department. I think he would have a, a, a much larger role than that. Um, and and I know some people have been trying to make the connection, like, oh, this seems like a, bot, a Billy Devaney type of deal. I don't I don't see it that way. Even though that he has an NFL background, where he was a, a scout at the Browns or with the Browns. For nine seasons, um, you know Billy Devaney came straight from the NFL. He was a GM in the NFL. Really had no experience in the college game. Had never really evaluated high school film before. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of differences here. Bob Welton has been the point man uh, for recruiting high school kids for to a major program for the last five years. Uh, he's evaluated both college film and high school film now. Uh, I think he's well acclimated with how to to recruit high school players, how to deal with high school coaches. And uh, so I don't really see a, a direct correlation between Billy Devaney and Bob Welton. I, I think this is a good hire for Nebraska. And, and Scott Frost did play for Cleveland, but um, it would have just missed when Bob Welton was there. Bob Welton was there in 04, and Frost played like in 2000 or 2001. So, I, you know, there w- it wasn't like they were in Cleveland together, but – you know, it, it's it's a small fraternity. Coaches cross come across each other. They get to know each other at conventions and meetings and other things, and have a mutual friend here or there. And and that's how this business works. So, yeah, it's an interesting move because we already know Nate. Um, we're up against it here, but Frost is bringing. He already brought all this top recruiting guys with him. So yep. I read this as almost kind of another layer of management or another layer that you're bringing in kind of with these guys to kind of complement what they already can do well. Yeah, I think so. I think you're just bolstering your recruiting staff. And, and as, as long as the, you know, everyone's position and responsibilities are, are cut and dry and everyone knows exactly what they're doing and they can all work together, I think this is a great addition. All right, when we come back, we want to talk some Nebraska basketball. The Huskers get another big win Tuesday night against Maryland. They're on the road Sunday at Illinois. They're still not in the tournament. We're going to talk to Robin Washett and what he thinks on uh, what the Huskers need to do to to get in the tournament. They're eleven and four right now in the Big Ten, and it doesn't look like they're going to be losing anytime soon the way they've been playing. So, lots to talk about here on Husker basketball. That's next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Yeah, I didn't think that, you know, I thought we were a little nervous early. I really do think we were nervous. I thought the moment kind of got to us a little bit. And um, and both teams knew what was at stake. I mean, these are two teams that are have to put together a run. We're in the middle of one. Uh, Maryland needs to get on one. And they've just, you know, beat a good Northwestern team handily. And this is a big opportunity for them. So uh, I, I think that gravity certainly sunk in, you know, the gravity of that moment. 
And, you know, I told the guys after the game, you know, you, you know this is a special circumstance, exactly, but enjoy it. I mean, this is what you work for. So let's relax. Let's just stay in the moment, play great, and don't worry about, oh, it's a big game. Well, they're all big. You know, I mean, Illinois is huge, so big deal. I mean, just go out and play the way you can. And I think the results t- take care of take care of themselves and welcome back here to the husker online show that was nebraska basketball head coach tim miles following tuesday night's win over maryland that got nebraska to 20 wins and robin correct me if i'm wrong here is bringing robin wash it back in so it's the first time they've won 20 wins since the 91 92 regular season did they win 20 when you count like i know the nit teams but just in the regular season to get to 20 this is the first time since 91 92 yes, the first time they've reached 20 regular season wins since the 92 93 season they hit 20 including postseason play the last time they did that was 2007 2008 so uh either you say it's been 10 years since they've done it or 20 or over 25 years uh since they did in the regular season but they're on track as well now 11 and 4 in the big 10 to have one of their highest conference win totals ever yeah i mean this is on pace record wise to be one of the best seasons in nebraska basketball history in 120 some years of, of basketball in some ways it reminds me you know growing up following nebraska basketball most of my life there was the year where they were the three seed in the tournament and they just kept winning and winning that year and got up to, you know, they, they, they choked in the first round, but it was kind of an out-of-nowhere season. And this is an out-of-nowhere season. I don't think anybody in their right mind could have thought Nebraska would be at 20-8, 11-4 going into the final three games. They survived the treacherous road stretch. They were given by the Big Ten um, and, and minimized the damage. Uh, they won. They don't have any bad losses. Um, and, and here they are. We were talking about Tim Miles on the hot seat in November, December, and now we're talking about a contract extension and a trip to the NCAA tournament. It's crazy the difference a few months can make because, yeah, they were picked you know towards the bottom 13th. end of the conference. Yeah, depending on who he asked. I think the official prediction was 13th out of 14th. Uh, you know, we're talking about the all off season is, you know, should Tim Miles even be coaching this program right now? Um, you know, there are all these new faces. Nobody knew, had any idea what to expect from this team. And um, yes, there have been a lot of factors involved to how they've got this record, but the reality is that Nebraska is on pace to have one of their best seasons ever um, and potentially get a top four seed in the Big Ten tournament uh, and be in prime position to make the NCAA tournament. And so, I mean, no one could have expected this, and you really can't ask for more than what this team has given you. And it's been a fun ride, and um, I think that they're still in the situation. As long as they take care of the business at hand and do what they're supposed to do, they will be in the NCAA tournament when all is said and done. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washington, Mark Bame, um, and Matt Davison spoke at the Country Club of Lincoln this week at a Chamber of Commerce luncheon. And Mark Bame um, said up front that if Nebraska wins these final three games, it's like a 97% chance they're 99. in. 99. And if they lose just one, it's still like a 72%. So mm-hmm. they can afford a hiccup here down the stretch, but I think the urgency level is so high right now, and everybody knows like there is no room for margin for error. These bracketologist nerds just won't shut up. <laughs> Nebraska fans hate these guys, and I, I don't blame them because all they're looking at is stupid computer rankings uh, that with these quadrant three, four things, and it just does. You know, it, the game is more about more than a computer. That's why the BCS went away from the computer formula. There is an eyeball test element 
And when you watch Nebraska, they got pros. They got guys that can create shots off the dribble. They got guys that can block shots. They got guys that can make three-pointers. They are a complete team. This is not a paper tiger by any means. This is a good basketball team that just didn't get any of the top Big Ten teams in Lincoln, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it's not their fault that their schedule is what it is. And uh, more importantly, that they played all the good teams on their schedule before they figured themselves out. Uh, If you tell me they could get another shot at Creighton right now, I think Nebraska's got a pretty darn good chance or to Kansas. win that game. Or well, Kansas was kind of in the same situation. They, they've gotten a lot better since that game. But, uh, yeah, to, to play you – know, if they play Central Florida again, they beat Central Florida. If they play St. John's again, they're beating St. John's. And so, I mean, it's a completely different team that played all those hard games, all those Quadrant 1 games in November and December than what we're seeing right now over the past two months. Um, they, they're playing high-level basketball. And not only that, Sean, you mentioned this, they're playing – the type of basketball that wins in the tournament. They're getting to the rim. They're drawing fouls. They're playing tough defense. They're not giving up three-pointers. Uh, they have a lot of depth you know, at every position. And so uh, this team is built to not only make the tournament, I think they can win a game or two if they get there. And whatever that little handoff play they keep running where then James Palmer slips around and always gets a step on the defender, just keep running that play, Robin. Yeah. He's so funny because like he doesn't look fast at all. Like He looks like he's just kind of you know, trotting in slow motion, but he gets to the rim almost every time and you know there's a reason why his stock rises more and more every game as more and more national people start to realize how good this kid is Um, he's not in any mock drafts right now but I think uh, by the time the season ends and if they do make the NCAA tournament um, you know there's going to be a real conversation there what do you you know you're going to go out to Illinois Uh, you and our friend Chris Bassinet from the Journal Star have kind of created this Husker basketball carpool um, down (laughs) this memorable stretch of Wisconsin uh, Minnesota, Illinois. Um, besides getting a Papa Del's pizza, possibly on the drive back, uh, what are you expecting? I mean, from my perspective, Robin, I don't think that gym's going to be very full. It's a two thirty Sunday game. Illinois is in dead last. They're walking into a pretty favorable road environment. Yeah, uh, this is a game they should win. Um, there's no question about it. Especially if they want to consider themselves an NCAA tournament team. You know, Illinois is really fighting it this year. Dumpster uh, fire. Yeah, th- this this coaching transition has been a lot harder than most people thought. Uh, they have some talented freshmen that I think they can build upon, but uh, they're kind of a wreck right now. Um, and you look at the numbers they're putting up, uh, they're just offensively terrible. They're one of the worst teams in all of college basketball in three-point shooting. Um, they don't play defense. I think they're you know, towards the bottom of the country in steals and blocks. You know, so, I mean, they're really not doing anything well. And so you go against a kind of a wounded team here and you are playing for your season if you're in Nebraska. This is a game that you got to jump on them early and don't leave it to any doubt. Uh, and I think Nebraska is certainly capable of doing that, especially with you look at the fact that they've been tested time and again on the road. I mean, they, they've been through it. This is will be nothing new to them. And so, you know, just like I said. Take care of business, do what you're supposed to do, and you'll take one step closer to getting to where you want to go. Illinois lost four in a row, including two at home uh, to Wisconsin. Wisconsin, not a good Badger team, goes in there one by nine. Penn State won by 22. Now listen to this. You thought Nebraska had a bad uh, short week stretch. Over a five-day period from February 18th to the 22nd, Illinois plays Nebraska at Michigan State and Purdue. Brutal. Thank you, Madison Square Garden. I'm sure um, Illinois enjoys that schedule uh, because then they come back and play the following Sunday at Rutgers before going out to New York City and and playing on Wednesday. So uh, they're not even – I mean, a team like Illinois, um, when you count like their play-in game, which is I believe Wednesday the 28th is the first day of the tournament – Illinois could have to play 
five games um, over a 10-day period to close the season, which is about as tough as anyone's going to have to see. Yeah, and I've stepped on this soapbox several times. Uh, the, the What Jim Delaney and the Big Ten Conference have done to their basketball teams is atrocious. Uh, all for what? To play in Madison Square Garden and get on TV and be in New York City? Okay, I, ho- I hope that uh, works out to be everything you hoped it would be because you are putting your teams at such a disadvantage with these short scheduling blocks um, and then just these massive, then a two week, yeah, then massive two week weeks delay off. Before and, the tournament. Exactly. And so I guess maybe the one silver lining outside of just the spectacle of Madison Square Garden is that the championship game actually means something for the Big Ten now, whereas before, basically the selections had already been done before the Big Ten played its conference championship game. So... There, okay, that, that that's one positive in this whole situation over a whole season's worth of disadvantage that you're putting your teams in. Do you, do you know if Miles, I know, like, they probably didn't think about doing this, but there have been teams with early conference tournaments that schedule a, a midweek game, just a, a money game, a guarantee game, just to keep your team sharp. And, you know, even if it was a Division Two team, I didn't realize this, Robin, but if you play a Division Two team, it doesn't count against or towards your RPI at all. And so Creighton played Bemidji State um, this week. Didn't even have any bearing on the RPI. Total garbage that you can schedule D2 games, but a Quadrant 4 game just drags you down like Nebraska is right now. But Creighton can play Bemidji State and have no penalty. Yeah, it makes no sense. But Nebraska doesn't have the opportunity to do that. They've already used all their they will They will be at 31 games, and you can play a max of 31 games. So, I mean, maybe they could do, I don't know, they could play some sort of secret scrimmage or something like that. I don't know. But, uh, again, that doesn't do anything for you. no, it yeah, help your cause. So, yeah, unfortunately, Nebraska will not have that opportunity just because, you know, they you usually kind of alternate between, you know, 30 or 31 games. If they were only on a 30 game schedule. Yeah. Like, I mean, that could be a potential conversation to, you know, help make up for the Delaware State win or the Marist win or, uh, you know, any of those kind of those victories that they won convincingly that are really dragging their RPI down right now. All right, well, when we come back, um, we're going to shift our focus now over to the Husker Online in-state tour. Nate and I and our video producer, Greg Peterson, have been on the road all week. We hit 10 high schools on Monday and Wednesday, and we're going to bring you a few different interviews from the coaches we talked to. Uh, we're going to first be joined next uh, by Omaha North head coach Larry Martin. Uh, he's produced a number of Division One guys over the last 10-plus years. We'll talk to Coach Martin. And then Bellevue West head coach Mike Huffman um, will join us as well on the show before Nate and I will close things out with some recruiting thoughts here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online show. Uh, It's a time of year where we're on the road doing the in-state tour, and and we're at one of our favorite stops on the tour, uh, visiting with our longtime friend, Omaha North head coach, Larry Martin. And, Coach, I remember years ago, it was probably 12, 14 years ago, I'm losing track of time, but you emailed me out of the blue like we got a couple of kids here at North. I'm new to the area, but we got a kid named Niles Paul, and we got a kid named Philip Bates. Um, that you're making this little tour around Nebraska. I think you should come look at these couple young sophomores. And 10, 15 years later, one's still in the NFL, one's playing in Canada. Uh, I think you had a pretty good eye for talent. Your program almost took off since those two guys got here. Yeah, no question. So first of all, we appreciate your your passion, Sean, for the state of Nebraska and, and getting our kids the, the notoriety. 
uh, because uh, without you and your, you know, your desire to do that, a lot of these young people wouldn't have all that. So truly, we are very appreciative. I know I am, on a personal note, very appreciative of everything that you do and, and have continued to do and, uh, and stayed with our state because I'm sure you've had some other opportunities to look at some other things. So thank you for that. And, um, <clears throat> you, know, uh, you know, we train our kids. Uh, our kids work hard here. And, and, um, and, and so, yeah, Niles and Phil were part of that process of us starting the, changing the culture here. And, um, you know, they've been very involved and still send me text all the time. And, and uh, prior to some of our games and, and homecoming especially and stuff like that. And, and, uh, but, yeah, we stay in contact with those guys. And, and uh, we're very fortunate and blessed to, to have those guys. But it's uh, been, been a fun ride, that's for sure. You think about the success. You guys have won, what, three or four championships now? We've won three. Three, and, and you've been in the playoffs really every year since about 06? Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a heck of a run. You know, I think we've been in five out of the last six state championships, six straight semifinals, and, and we're, you do that with a lot of, a lot of different variables. Um, obviously, you've got to have good kids uh, that, that believe in what you do, and uh, we have a high level of trust with our kids. Uh, we've got a great support staff in our school, uh, great relationships with our teachers are helping us with our student athletes here at North, and so uh, I think I've uh, we've done a very good job of getting out in the community and making sure that that uh, they understand what we're all about here and making sure that it's a good fit for their for their kids. And so um, yeah, been a heck of a run. Uh, obviously, uh, to get there is is very difficult, but to 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 stay there and. Uh, when you know everybody's coming after you and giving your best shot every week is is a challenge, that's for sure. So we can't get complacent, and I'm real happy with the way that our kids are working this offseason right now. You look back at Niles Paul, I think he's going to be going in his eighth year in the NFL. How do you think he's been able to stick in that league so long? Because it's not easy to do. I mean, you see so many good guys only get one, two, three years, and Niles is hanging around getting new contracts, and he continues to really have a lot of success. And how much do you talk to Niles still? Yeah, we, I mean, during football season, we probably talk about every week, um, you know, in the off season, probably every month, you know, once a month and stuff like that, we'll, we'll text out and what have you. We do a camp here at North that I'm honored to be able to, to help him with and, and do those types of things. And, and, uh, but yeah, just, just, if you really think about the pathway for him, I think just for me personally, taking a step back, he doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. He's had quite a few injuries, uh, some major injuries. Um, but to just watch how he's handled that adversity and attack it, I think is, uh, you know, anybody that pays attention close like I do and uses that as examples to our players. Um, and some of that is I believe that he has a high level of the way that he trains his body too, and he's in really good shape. So when you do that and you do get some injuries, um, I believe that you'll come back a little bit faster. And so, uh, but just a great, well-rounded young man, has a very good plan. Uh, in a variety of different ways, professionally, financially. He's just been very sound in, in terms of everything that he wants to do and accomplish. And, and uh, I think this year could be a big year for him in terms of you know, his contract and stuff like that. I haven't talked to him too much about that. We've traded a, you know, a few texts here since the season's been over, uh, just you know, trying to get his camp organized. But uh, uh, I'm not big into texting about that stuff. I'd rather talk to him in person. But um, just uh, great, you know, and I talked to Phil too. He's living in Arizona uh, up with some company and he's, he's, he spends a little bit of time down in Florida too. So um, I've, I've, 
see his mother quite a bit, uh, but he's trying to, you know, embrace that next phase of his life of, uh, you know, of getting in the professional world, you know, of, of business and, 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 and move himself forward. We're joined by Omaha North head coach Larry Martin. It's our in-state tour on Husker Online. 15th year we've been on the road doing this in-state tour, so we thought it would be fun to, to visit with some of the coaches here on the radio show. And you had a guy, Milton Sarball, um, who just finished up for you here. And tell us a little bit more kind of behind the scenes how that played out because Nebraska was a lot closer to maybe giving Milton a late scholarship offer than people think. He'll now go to Iowa Western and, and get an opportunity to play for a great program uh, with our friend Scott Strohmeyer. Yeah, you know, Milton was down there on that Saturday before signing date on that Wednesday, and, and Coach Frost was very upfront and honest with him in terms of uh, where he was. Um, you know, he knew it would be a late offer if he had room. Um, you know, I know that he was explaining the, the DB and the wide receiver, uh, you know, uh, void that he felt that he needed for his, you know, philosophy offensively. Um, and so, you know, he asked Milton to come down there on Saturday because we all know that you only get a certain amount of kids that you can bring in on official visits. And the previous staff had, you know, used some of those during the season. So just a lot of variables, him and Milton. But Milton is a phenomenal kid, you know. And, yes, was I fr I'm not necessarily saying I was frustrated with um, uh, Nebraska not offering him and things like that because I think on a normal year that they – would have been able to, and it doesn't mean that they still won't be able to. Um, uh, you the know, full qualifier right. as well. Yeah, you know, he qualified. He's got a 20 on his ACT and did very well in the classroom. And, and um, you know, but Milton is, he's all in on stuff. And so the relationships is what's big to him. And, uh, you know, Coach Strohmeyer and Coach Aaron Terry, one of our former players, um, are over there, and that definitely helps with the relationships. And they're going to take care of Milton. And Scott knows that he might not have him very long. You know, that's the one thing that Scott does that allows him to attract high-caliber players is that uh, once they get an offer and if they've met the academic criteria, he'll let them go. Now you got two other guys, Coach, coming up, Makai Butler, Xander Gray. It feels like these two guys have been at North for about 10 years. Uh, I think everyone listening is going to be glad that they're going in their senior year because uh, they've been tough to go against. And I know our listeners in Kearney uh, that were picked up in Kearney, uh, they're going to be glad to hear that Xander Gray is a senior because he uh, obviously played a huge part in you guys getting that championship this year. Uh, what type of attention have these two young men uh, received early? Yeah, you know, I, and like I you touched on a couple of things, I have so much respect for Brandon Cool and his staff out there at Kearney. They do things such the right way and have a great community support out there. I know some people, uh, the Vosick family, that's very close to me. Dr. Vosick was out there, and they do a, you know, he's just been great. Uh, they have a great, great community out there. But, you know, Makai and Xander are both getting an extreme amount of uh, attention right now. Uh, both of them need to you know, continue that journey. They both had very good semesters last semester academically, which is tough to do in season sometimes, especially when we're playing as late as we do. Um, they need to have a good spring semester. And then both of them are going to take the ACT here in April. Um, so those will be big things. You know, obviously the academic part of it is, you know, a big piece of that too. So we got to see how that goes for them and then provide them the support that they'll need. Athletically and size-wise, there is – Ready is they're not missing much. Yeah, they're not missing much there. Obviously, they passed the eyeball test, and uh, and they're both extremely good kids. Um, and so you know, Makai is just big, strong, athletic, great feet. 
Uh, Xander, same deal. He's got great feet for a big kid. We're going to try to get his weight down some for him. He's made it very clear that he's going to play running back in college. Um, and so uh, we got to help provide them the support that they need. And as we wrap it up here with Coach Larry Martin, I got to ask you about your son, Zach. Uh, he's down at Nebraska coaching with Scott Frost. So yeah. you're going to have a pretty good ear on what's going on down. I'm, I'm going to be calling you now sure. for information because you're, you're going to know what's going on down in Lincoln. But obviously, you'll get to go down and watch him uh, coach and, and be a part of the program. How right. exciting is it for you knowing how the coaching business works, that your son is getting this opportunity at a very young age to work at Nebraska? Yeah, I just think it was a dream situation for him. Him, you know, in this coaching profession, you know, he was going to be provided that opportunity with Coach Riley. I think that was the, the, the difficult part for everybody that, you know, they offered him a walk-on position, right, wrong, or indifferent, and everybody thought that that would be a little bit better in for him to, you know, pursue that and see where it took him and, and um, you know, and then catapult that into the GA spot. But I, or I texted Scott probably when he was in uh, that Husker private jet going from Florida to uh, Lincoln on that Sunday or Saturday night actually I think I sent it because I knew he would get it at some point and uh, just let him know that I wanted to visit with him about this situation and he got back to me right away on Monday and Zach's been down there for three weeks now and I know he's really enjoying it I think he's you know for the first three weeks there was no coaches there pretty much they were gone out recruiting obviously so uh, he's gotten to know the analyst and and stuff like that, and meeting with the tight ends and the and the wide or uh, the tight ends and the quarterbacks and stuff like that. So doing grade checks and stuff, and so he's learning all what it's like to be you know on the other side of it. So Coach Becton, he's lo really looking forward to meeting with him and getting to know him and building his relationship with him. He's a polished football coach, from what I hear, and. And uh, he's got to continue that journey and, and see where it takes him. But awfully appreciative of what Coach Frost allowed Zach to do on such short notice. It's been pretty special. Well, Coach, it's going to be fun. Well, I'm sure we'll see you down in Lincoln a lot now, uh, watching games, seeing senior guys down there, seeing your son. But thanks for having us here at Omaha North. We love coming up here, checking in on you and your guys. You bet. Thank you, Sean. We appreciate it. All right, much more to come here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the in-state tour, Sean Callahan, as uh, we are on the road here over the month of February, and uh, we are at Bellevue West, uh, our first stop, 15th year we've done this, and uh, we made a stop here at Bellevue West to see one of our longtime friends, might add a member of the site, Coach Huffman, uh, thanks for having us out here. Hey, Sean, appreciate what you guys do for the high school players in Nebraska. We have some good players, and sometimes they go under the radar, and you guys do a good job making sure that doesn't happen. Well, you've got two guys already that have received a ton of interest, um, Xavier uh, Watts and Betts, I guess. <laughs> I'm getting my – there's so many kids in the state right ZNX, now. ZNX, that's a good thing, though. And, and, and another Ducker um, here, um, you know, that, that's already getting a, a ton of attention. Give us a rundown uh, of these two guys already and what you've seen from them. Well, you know, Xavier, he came in as a freshman. You know, he, he started half our season, our state championship run, was real tall, could run really well, but he's a little bit slight and, you know, didn't have much weight in his shorts. Uh, hit the weight room pretty hard and just physically started to mature. And again, he came out this second season, was an all-stater as a sophomore, which has only happened a handful of times in our state. And he's just a deep threat. He's strong. Uh, he's just a good-looking cat. And, you know, when, when people get their eyes on him, they're like, holy smokes, this kid looks like the real deal. Uh, Javon was an awesome surprise. He's got a great family lineage. You know, his parents are both uh, college sports people. Uh, his older brother was great for us. Uh, we expected some good things out of him, but had no idea he was going to do what he did this season. So we're extremely excited about him. 
very uh, cerebral player, but also has the athleticism to go with it. Now, Xavier received an early Nebraska offer and then was re-offered again by the new coaching staff. Uh, what kind of information has the new staff already told you about these guys? You know, they, they really have spent most of their time focusing on finishing the year, so now they're getting out to it. Now, they really liked that December 20th signing period because it allowed them to focus on the next group. And so Coach Rude was in uh, four weeks in a row. Coach Chenander came in. Uh, Coach Frost made it. Unfortunately, I was out of town that day, which is how I know that is not fair for the guy that's the biggest Husker homer in high school football here. But uh, it's all works out good. So they're doing a great job. But we won't see him again for a while. They have invited us down. I'll get those guys down to practice because, you know, I want to see the new system that they're running and things like that. We're joined by Bellevue West head coach Mike Huffman here on the Husker Online Show as we make our way around the state in the in-state tour. we got students coming in here. we got a little studio audience here going on. But Purdue comes in, offers both these guys. Um, you know, what kind of – you've been around. I mean, I think I've tracked offers. That was the first offer Purdue's ever made that I know of in the last 15-plus years in the state of Nebraska. What kind of attention did that give, especially when Ducker got that offer? We already knew Xavier um, had a lot of attention, but uh, to have a team like that come in and offer sophomores is quick. You know, to be to be real honest, you look at it, there's so many high-quality players in the Metro, you know, with the Hendricks and the Hickman kid, things of that nature. Uh, so there's been a lot of schools. Cameron Jurgens last year from Beatrice. These kids are – coming in, Noah Fant. Uh, these other schools see that you can get a kid out of Nebraska. I know Cam's not a great example. He ended up you know, committing early and staying. But I think these other schools now know they have a chance. And there are good football players here. And, you know, Nebraska's going to have the workout cut out for them. Obviously, I want them to end up there. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm just glad other schools are coming in, giving these kids a shot. Uh, Purdue probably noticed what, I, what Iowa does. You know, they notice that Minnesota's down here all the time. Uh, Iowa State's here all the time. And those schools, they want good players. And they've got to get them wherever they can. So that was, that was super – I was pumped. I was pumped when that happened. So do they have any ties to Nebraska? Or is this a coach they basically they just – They do. Uh, they have a tie from actually northern Iowa. It's funny how things work. The guy that came in from uh, Purdue was the college roommate of the guy from UNI that recruits here. So they all share. They just got done with the clinic, you know, that they do down. I think it was in uh, oh, wherever the AFCA convention was this year. I can't remember. I want to say Nashville. That, that's not right. But uh, they talk, and they knew we had some players. And literally the guy comes in. He goes, I hear you put out players. Who do you have? And then you get eyeballs on these guys. And like I said, our, our guys are pretty good. And they pass the eyeball test, and then boom, there it was. What is it about your system? You, you guys just continue to develop skill guys. Even before you got to Bellevue West, this has always been a skill position high school dating back to the Eric Strickland, Cluster Johnson days, and it, it's just kind of been that way ever since. You know, it was one of the draws to the area. You know, there's a great basketball program by Coach Woodard. These kids have some good length to them. They're tough kids. They have good families. They understand work ethic. Uh, and then our offense is built to get these guys the ball in space. We say it all the time, get the ball to the fast guy and make us look smart. And they do a good job. But the skill guys know if they don't do something with it, then we're going to find someone else that does. So there's a lot of internal competition to be great. Then they see the players on the wall. They see the guys that are getting the offers. They want those. So then they work even harder because they want to be the next one. We're joined by Mike Huffman here on the Husker Online Show. Uh, you got a lot of guys in college football right now. C.J. Johnson uh, playing at Wyoming. K. Johnson, South Dakota State. Um, you're going to have another guy going to Nebraska and A.J. Forbes. Um, how fun is it for you now to kind of follow a lot of these guys and do you get a chance ever to even get out to maybe catch some of these guys in the spring or in some, in some of their games in the fall? You know, we're extremely proud. When I got here, we didn't have a single guy go play college football. And then even the second year, we only had two. So to see that we have, you know, over uh, 15 guys on the wall right now uh, makes me proud because football is an awesome game and it can be a vehicle to an education. And our guys are doing that. They're loving the game. Uh, they're using it to help get an education. 
education, and they're going out and making Bellevue West proud. i got to ask you about Malcolm Lee, another guy that you coached. Um, he's at Iowa Western, received an early offer already. Uh, eyeball test, there wasn't a better-looking kid in Nebraska a year ago. He just had some stuff to finish in the classroom. It's sounds like he's well on track, talking to Coach Strohmeyer. Um, how, could, how much could he maybe blow up now? at a place like Iowa Western if he has another good year this upcoming season? You know, we, we had these ideas of Malcolm, and we thought, like you said, beautiful in the eyeball test. He played great in the games that really mattered, which is a good thing and a bad thing. He's got to learn some consistency. Uh, started telling coaches about him, and sure enough, Iowa State's already offered. A coach and I went to watch the Iowa Western practice the first week of August, and he's already in their starting lineup, and Iowa Western's no joke. So we're like, hmm, maybe this guy's got some potential. Uh, and then sure enough, he had a great first season. They do great, you know, along with Chester Graves and Malcolm, and there's going to be so many eyeballs on them. I think I'd be surprised if most, if not all, of the Big Ten West and quite a bit of the Big Ten East ends up – and Malcolm wants to be a Husker. Make no jokes about it. He wants to – Son of a former Husker. Uh, Odiously, absolutely. And he wants to be there. That's his number one by far. So we're excited to see what happens. Well, Coach, we appreciate you giving us the chance to come into your school like every year and, and check out your guys. I know you're going to have two major guys the next two seasons that Nebraska fans, high school football fans, college football fans around the state are going to want to come out and see. Thanks so much for being here, Sean. All right, we come back. Much more here on the Husker Online Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show, as we just heard from Bellevue West head coach Mike Huffman and Omaha North head coach Larry Martin on the Husker Online in-state tour. And as we bring Nate Klaus back in, man, Nate, I say this all the time, but it's one of my favorite times of the year, just getting in these high schools, uh, just spending time talking to people, catching up with guys and coaches, and you, you learn a lot. You, you find out a lot of new things. You see a lot of kids you didn't know about. Um, heck, uh, one of my favorite moments was we were at Omaha North, and things just come full circle. We're in there meeting with Larry Martin, and then we see Christian Dudzik, who made our 15-year all-in-state tour defense team, was an all-American defensive back for North Dakota State out of Scott, and then Chris Weber, a former Oscar linebacker, who we also uh, you know covered in the in-state tour, and here they are at Omaha North working with the athletes. Yeah, I mean, you, you never know who you're going to run into. You never know, um, you know, what kind of stories you're going to you're going to hear, or, or the latest the latest gossip, or, or whatever. Um, in addition to obviously uncovering uh, some new up and coming in state prospects, and, and of course covering uh, and getting the latest on on guys that we already knew about. So this is always a fun time of the year, and um, just actually able to to get FaceTime. Uh, with a lot of the great high school football coaches and obviously the players in this in this area is always uh, always a fun time. And just just off the cuff right now, and we kind of had a good idea, Nate, already, but 2019 and 2020 are going to be much better years uh, than what we've seen the last few. When we already know right now for 19, there are five guys that hold Power 5 offers. Two are committed to Nebraska, Garrett Nelson of Scotts Bluff, Garrett Snodgrass of York, You've got Nick Henrich of Burke and Chris Hickman of Burke uh, that have over 10 Power 5 offers each. Um, and, and, and then Ethan Piper at Norfolk Catholic, who holds an Iowa offer. Um, but, you know, there's going to be others that emerge. Uh, but 2019, very encouraging, pretty good year for Scott Frost and the staff to walk in in Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, this is a great time for Coach Frost and the staff to, to walk into Nebraska with the talent that's coming up in, in 2019 and 2020. I mean, um, 
I mean, I think these are going to be back-to-back years where you see uh, just as many, if not more, Power 5 guys come out uh, than, than we have in, in quite a long time. So, um, yeah, and, and I think that with five guys already holding Power 5 offers in this 2019 class, there's going to be several more that emerge. And, uh, you know, a guy like Luke Reimer at, at Lincoln North Star uh, is definitely a guy to keep an eye on. And, and there's a lot of great stories. I mean, Reimer – has a, has a great story, you know, transferring from an eight-man, uh, you know, school in Kansas to to a Class A school in Lincoln, Nebraska, and, and becoming a, uh, you know, starting to to make a name for himself. I mean, that's just a great story. And uh, to me, 2020 though might be the more intriguing year, just because you have some legitimate top end skill talent, uh, which is something that you don't always see come out of the state. You know, Xavier Betts is a, is going to be a big-time wide receiver, and, and Xavier Watts out of Burke. A Z and an X, by the way, on the yes, Xavier's. Xavier but. and Xavier. Uh, I mean, it, is, it could be – is going to be a big-time wide receiver too. I mean, these are going to be guys that, that easily rack up a ton of regional offers, already have uh, nice regional offers, um, and could very well end up with, with a hand full of national offers and then Cole at uh, Millard South Cole uh, Hergen uh, give me help me help me out here on this last thing I think it's Hirsch uh you know what? We've said it wrong so many times. Now I can't even. I used to say <laughs> it's not Hirschbomber. I used like, to say Hirschbomber, no. and because uh, it Hirsch, just felt right. Hirschfelber, I think. But this kid, 6'3", 250, 300 pound bench, almost a five hundred squat, thirty inch vertical. He's got the the meaner you want, and that that's what I kind of like to read in kids, Nate, mm-hmm. when I meet with kids, do they kind of have that swag, that confidence, or do they have their head down? Are they kind of shy and awkward? And I, I've had coaches tell me that too. Um, you know, when a kid is a big looking athletic kid, but if they come off kind of shy or just not very confident, um, that's a check mark against them sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you have to love kids who, who are confident that look you in the eye that are, are you know, are, have no problem kind of, um, talking about them and, and themselves and their abilities and their teams and and you know come across as as team guys and everything. I mean um, that's that's the when you know a kid has the making of, of being you know a potential superstar is when when you got a you know a fourteen or fifteen year old player that that comes across uh, as a as a you know a guy who's way more mature than than what their age actually is. And you know, 2020 Isaac Gifford at Lincoln Southeast already has a Power Five offer from. Oregon. Oregon State, um, the two J- Javon Ducker, as you mentioned, um, at Bellevue West up there as well. Uh, but then, then you've got um, you know some other guys like Miko Masoner. I mean, he's going to blow up. He's six one, one eighty, and and he's a legit four five guy. I mean, there was a play in the state championship game where he ran down Milton Sarball on the angle, cut the angle, and I can and, and prevented a touchdown. And those are the plays on film that coaches just go crazy about when you can just show that your speed is elite enough to prevent seven points from happening. Yeah, especially you know against a player like Milton Sarbaugh. Fastest guy in the state and as far as, you know, he ran a top 1040 at the rival St. Louis Combine. So, um, you know, and then, and then uh, uh, A.K. Hausman, Nate, a kid that I'll be really intrigued at Norris to see what he does. Uh, he may win the 100 in Class B as a sophomore, ran 11 flat electronic as a freshman, at nearly 200 pounds, and he's looking to run between 10.6 and 10.8 electronic. And I told him, if you run that, 
you're 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 gonna get plenty of attention. Yeah, if he runs that, he's gonna write his ticket to, to <laughs> land in a lot of good offers because there aren't too many sophomores out there, regardless Nebraska or not. I don't care what state you're in, but if you're if you're ripping off a ten six to ten eight electronic hundred meter dash at uh, you know legitimate five eleven two hundred plus pounds, I mean that's that's pretty impressive for a kid who doesn't even have his license yet. And as we wrap it up, this segment of the Husker Online Show is brought to you by Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill with five locations in Omaha, two in Lincoln. Get on into Tanner's on Sunday. Husker basketball's 2.30 game. Uh, perfect time. Get out of church, go on into Tanner's, get some wings, um, and watch the Huskers play Illinois at any one of the seven Tanner's locations uh, for that 2.30 game on Sunday. Um, Nate, I wanted to hit on the Shrine Bowl, too. Um, we, we really um, appreciate the work. Uh, what the Shriners do. Um, I know you and I are both involved with events as well at the big Omaha Shrine Center every year, uh, but the rosters were released, um, and you know it's it's about as good as you're going to see on a year. Um, obviously, Cam Jurgens is not playing because of the, the leg injury he suffered at the end of the season. Um, he really wouldn't be cleared for full contact in early June um, for football-level contact, and then um, unfortunately, um, a guy like Bryson Williams is already at Wisconsin, but I have no doubt Bryson Williams would have played in the Shrine Bowl He's that type of guy. Other than that, they got every single top guy in this game. Bryce Stye, um, Zach Schlager, Masri Maypu, um, a number of the top walk-ons, including Matt Masker, uh, Isaiah Stalbert, A.J. Forbes, Colton Feast, Moses Bryant. Um, it's a dang good roster. Tajay, Tajay Davis from Boys Town, Milton Sarball um, on there. Um, so you got Zion Perry. I'm very excited to kind of watch how all this plays out. Yeah, this is probably the deepest the Shrine Bowl roster that that I can recall since thirteen. Yes, easily since thirteen. Um, and and so I, I think it's going to be it's going to be pretty interesting to see you know how uh, how these two teams come together and and uh, just all the talent how and really how the coaches utilize all this talent. I mean, shoot, you're talking about having Moses Bryant and, and Milton Sarba, um, you know, out there on the field, uh, you know, with Mike Huffman coaching, yeah, having his own quarterback in the game. Yeah, I mean, there's. Um, yeah, there's going to be so many options uh, and some great, you know, some great players out there. So, uh, and and finally, you know, you've got uh, you got a roster, you know, for Nebraska fans to kind of pay attention to with all the walk-ons that that are going to be heading to Lincoln, um, you know, right after the, right after this game. So, um, you know, a lot of a lot of different levels of, of storylines there. I should say it was 2012. That was the gold standard year that produced all the Huskers like Brandon Riley, Riker Fife, Andy yeah. Janovich. Um, I mean, that was an un- Sam Foltz. Sam Foltz. I mean, that was an unbelievable year um, of guys that came out of that game. And I want to even say, I mean, you had guys like Mike Schaff. I mean, guys that had NFL ability that just never materialized at South Dakota State. Uh, but that was an awesome year. Probably the best year I can remember. The best played game. It was the last one ever played in Memorial Stadium as yep. well. Yeah, that was a great one, uh, and I, I believe that was my first Shrine Bowl that I that I covered, and and easily by far and away the the best one. And we went all out. I remember our staff and people were like, "Why do you guys cover this so hard?" Well, because all these guys ended up being contributors for Nebraska, and it was a very talented group. And um, you know, it was the first time I got to see Sam Foltz punt the ball, and I remember I turned to you, Nate. I go, yeah. "I don't know." You know what Sam Foltz will play at Nebraska, but this guy will do something at Nebraska. He has the mindset, the attitude, um, and and we learned about Brandon Riley. You know, if it wasn't for Brandon Riley emerging in that game, who knows? It kind of springboarded him into the 105, and Janovich was the same way. So you get a lot out of this, especially 
with the number of kids that we're going to be able to see. So I'm looking forward to June when that game takes place. Um, it should be fun. But uh, that wraps it up uh, for another edition of the Husker Online Show. Husker Baseball starts this weekend as well. So uh, keep your eyes on Husker Baseball. Basketball 2.30 on Sunday against Illinois. And we'll have more from the road on the in-state tour next week. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.